Welcome back to episode three of Dystopian Worlds. This is a podcast where our eighth grade students discuss their dystopian novels as they read them. First, let's hear from Noah and Hayden as they discuss The Hunger Games. Good morning, I'm your host Noah, along with host Hayden, on Dystopian Worlds. Boy, we have a fire podcast set up for you guys today. Today we'll be talking about the book The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. If you're a fan of survival fiction, I think this is a book for you, don't you Hayden? Yeah. Hey, what are your thoughts on the fact that they're able to have kids in The Hunger Games? I obviously do not agree with that. That's... That's dumb, you know? Having, like, tw- having the possibility to have 12-year-olds in a fight to the death? I know. So, wait, wait, no, no. Imagine you, right now, going into a fight to the death with some 18-year-old you've never met before. What What do you think's gonna happen? Uh, the kids are gonna die because of the Hunger Games. Yeah, they're gonna get murdered by these 18-year-olds that have to do this just for the entertainment of the capital. The Hunger Games has some really weird laws, especially in District 12. What, do you agree or disagree with those laws? I don't like those laws. Especially, obviously, though, where children's ages 12 through 18 have to, com- have to compete to see who can live against each other the best. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, I know. You kind of put me in a bad situation. It's really outrageous that that can happen. What what are your opinions on those laws? I disagree with the fact that everybody has to attend the reaping, like, unless you're on death's door. Yeah, pretty much. Also, one of the laws I don't like is that they can't go hunting. Like, they're stuck behind that huge metal, it's meant to be electrified fence. And they can't do anything about it. And poaching is like one of the, like, a crime of the highest order. You know? It's awful. Yeah. Because these people are, as Katniss said, starving, well, what was it? Starving in safety? Let me try and find it. But she basically talked about how people were either forced to starve, or either had to starve, or forced to break the law in order to survive. You know? What are some other laws that you can think of that you have a strong opinion against. The fact that, I know you've mentioned this, but it's just really not good, the fact that they can have young kids in the Hunger Games, because Prim got her name drawn, and luckily Katniss was there for the, to save her mm-hmm. and volunteer to be tribute for District 12. Had she not, what would have happened to Prim? She would have gotten killed, and Katniss would no longer have a little sister, because Prim couldn't fight for her own against 18-year-olds. Yeah, it's one less mouth to feed. Wow, that sounds awesome. Now, Aiden and Chloe will tell us about iRobot and Maximum Ride. Hello, everybody. This is Dystopian Worlds with me, Aiden, and... Chloe. So, I have the book that I'm reading is Maximum Ride, not Maximum Pride by James Patterson. And my book is iRobot by Isaac Asimov. And we are talking about dystopian novels. Okay, so my book is about a group of teenagers and two kids who were experiments at government lab faculty called The School. And they describe it as like this horrible thing, and I strongly agree with that one. 
The oldest is a 14-year-old named Maxim. Right. She is basically the leader, and she is basically like controls them because they live on their own in the middle of nowhere. And one day they were out picking strawberries, and then these mutants called racers, who are people who can shift into werewolves, they came and kidnapped one of the children. And her name is Angel, and her powers is she can read minds and she can fly. So technically, they're making their journey back to, to the school with their hunting memories and almost near deaths to to save it before she gets, they think she's going to get dissected because they're all mutants. Hmm, that's interesting. So my book is about a robot that a family bought and then, and it's been about two years and they've let him basically play with their child and they have fun but after that the mom wants to get rid of the robot which his name is Robbie and it, and the father doesn't because he one pay for it and the robot has a law which makes it where it cannot harm a human being so in my book, there are mutants with special abilities. Is there any characters in yours with special abilities? No, not unless you consider a robot to have special abilities. I mean, robots can have special abilities like laser beams. Yeah. Laser abilities, it can. No, it's just a normal robot. Average <laughs> robot who just basically do like house chores, technically. Yeah. Like a maid. More, yeah, housemaid, because it even says that in the book. Wait, is a robot a female or a male? It's a robot. One question I have for yours is, do you know why the, why the world has basically gone into a dystopian? Okay, because they have never really been into, like, the outside world world. Like, let's say us. We're in, we're, okay, so their school is basically a lab, and it's like, using that. <laughs> so... Technically, for us, we feel the same thing about school. We don't want to be there. It's, yeah, we don't want to go back. That place gives us the creeps. So that's how most teenagers these days feel about school. It's like, oh, we gotta go. But their school is more like a scientific laboratory. It's like science class basically everywhere. And basically, their school is like Morehouse, but abusing humans basically and being ruthless and messing with their DNA to make them have animal-like abilities. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's like they were living all perfect in their little house in the middle of nowhere in the woods, but then they've been ambushed and a child got snatched and returned back to that place they don't want to go to. Bam! What was the point of the scientists trying to combine DNA with? I it didn't really say because I'm still reading, but I, from my conspiracy theories, I think they're combining DNA to make like superior humans, more humans, or or like military work because they like soldiers. Yeah, yeah, thank you, soldiers. Because they're like not normal because they have wings and they can and their healing process is faster than most humans. And their structure of the bones are different, so they're not really humans, like they look like humans, but they're not. So, why do you know, do you have any theories about why the wife doesn't want the robot? 
I mean, she thinks about, she thinks that the robot might hurt her child, even though the father tells her it's literally a mathematical impossibility. But I would imagine it's probably going to happen since it's a dystopian book. My robot reminds me of a book called Frost. It's like, I mean, I'm not saying that your ro the robot may malfunction and do the opposite, but in the book Frost I read last year, it was like a... This guy invented a robot supposed to help people, but then it all backfired and they started to take over. And then humanity was basically like the whole city was left in ruins. There was like not a lot of human life. Mia and Nelia, tell us about brand new girls and the uglies. Hey, it's Mia and Nelia here. Today on this Dolphin Road, our two novels that we are reading are. Brave New Girl by Rachel Vincent and Uglies by Scott Westerfield. We will be discussing the rules in a dystopian society that they have to follow in our books. In the book Ugly, some of the rules that people have to follow are if you're not pretty, you can't go to certain parties, you can't use certain items, and you can't live in the overall better time. I do not agree with this because you shouldn't treat somebody different based on what they look like. The book I'm reading is Brave New Girl by Rachel Vincent. The rules that are unique would be that if you, that you can't leave your area. If you do, all the other girls you see wouldn't look like you. I agree with this because you won't be seeing the same girls you would see um, normally or usually. Your book sounds very good. I have a few questions. Are there two different towns in your book? Um, they're not considered towns, but they're considered like rooms that different girls are in that look alike. Oh, okay. Um, my question is, what are some of the characters in your book and do they like the world they live in? Well, right now the book is based off the main character, Tally, and she wants to be pretty because her best friend, Percy's, he turned pretty three months before him. And so he lives in Pretty Town. And so she sneaks out to go see him. And when she goes and sees him, she he tells her that they can't be friends anymore until she be, she turns pretty. And on her way home, she meets a girl named Shay. And they end up becoming good friends because they have a lot in common and they won't both turn pretty until they're 16, which they have the same birthday. So they can hang out with each other until then. That's very interesting. You would like to learn more. Is your book about best friends? Um, not so far, but um, I believe that she's going to make a friend one day. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. Is your dystopian world, does your dystopian world have a lot of negative impact on your characters? Well, Tally, she, she feels like she's not wanted because she's not pretty. But I feel like that's going to change as I keep reading throughout the book. Are people treated based off their looks? Um, no, because everybody basically looks the same. And... Oh, okay. What are some of the reasons that your book is called Uglies? It's called Uglies because it's based off of two towns, Pretty Town and Ugly Town. Pretty Town has people who are 16 and older, and they went through surgery so they wouldn't look ugly. And they get basically all the better things. And then Ugly Town has people under 16, and they don't get treated like they should just because of what they look like. That's very, very cool. That is it for today. We hope you enjoyed the episode of Dystopian World. Now we will hear about Divergent and The Giver from Ava and Hannah. Hey, welcome to the Dystopian World podcast. This is Ava and Hannah. Today we'll be talking about the novels Divergent by Veronica Roth and The Giver by Lewis Lowry. And we will be telling you about the rules and laws in these dystopian societies and how we feel about them. Okay, so... I read The Giver, and some of the um, 
the rules in there was that like the families they could only have four people in them and the kids could have one boy and one girl and they didn't actually like have their kids they were assigned to the families and I didn't really agree with that because I personally think that you should be able to have like however many kids you want to and it shouldn't be like assigned to you and then they like like their jobs they were assigned to them when they turned 12 years old and they like like weren't allowed to pick their jobs it was assigned to them like the elders in the society like picked the jobs for the kids and I didn't really agree with that either. Well, in my book, they like had these things called factions. Like they were, there were five different ones, mm -hmm. and they like different people lived in them, and you could only act a certain way and wear different like. See, I could not do color. that. <laughs> only and, wear a certain color. Yes. Oh. Like one of them was like gray, one of them was black, and then so they kind of had like uniforms. Yeah. Except they had to wear them like all the time. Yeah. And they had to like act like they had to be selfless or like kind and always tell the truth or something. That's a good thing. I mean, at least they're not lying. Yeah, but I. And then when they turned sixteen, they had they get they got to choose like which faction they wanted to go to. Oh, so they got to choose it. Yeah. Yeah, mine did not get to choose. At the ceremony, they had to like cut their hand and oh. drip the blood over a bowl. Oh. That they, that they well, that sounds like yeah. sacrificial stuff. I don't like. But I agreed with them getting to choose like their path that they mm -hmm. go. But I disagreed with like the factions being so like specific. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like yours like makes more sense because it has like you can like choose where you want to go because like in my opinion like how in my book the elders chose like they don't know everything about you like sure they're watching you your whole life for the first 12 years but you're only 12 you don't know like that might like the stuff that you enjoyed then might not be and be what you're going to enjoy 20 years from now yeah. like when you're doing your job and that's assigned to you forever and you don't get to like change how does yours relate to like your life um I guess like their family they like not it doesn't really I don't really relate to this at all <laughs> because well I do relate to it because I can like choose where I want to go to school in <laughs> the um but when they chose their factions they had to get on a train and go to that faction and they had to like do tests and stuff and when they got there the people told them that some of them were going to get kicked off and they were going to be mm -hmm. factionless and I thought that was unfair because they chose it and they should be able to stay since they chose yeah. it. Do they like get to stay with their families or do they have to like stay in their faction like from then on? Like do they like leave their home? Yeah they leave their home and some of the like parents they got mad and really yeah and they the the people that chose their that were choosing their factions they were scared because they didn't want to betray their family but also they didn't want to they wanted to like choose their own mm -hmm. place to go yeah mine like so when you're born you stay basically in like the hospital i guess and they have the nurturers which like stay there and take care of them until they turn one year old and then when they turn one like every december there's like these ceremonies that they have and so, like, the kids all the way up to age 12, they each have a different ceremony thing. 
So, like, when you're turn one, you get assigned to your family, and, like, your parents, like, they don't marry each other because they love each other. Like, they get assigned who they're going to marry, and then they have their kids. So, like, each family is, like, I guess what they expect to be the perfect little family, and that's how they want it to be, and that's how it's supposed to be, I guess. And then, like, so they're assigned to their families, and then each year, like, they're called the ones and the twos, and there's, like, 50 kids in each, each um, number thing. And so, like, when you turn 12, like, that's the big one. That's when you go to your job and everyone's waiting on that. But the main character, his name's Jonas, he's, like, really nervous for it. He doesn't want to go because he said, like, some kids are very specific on what they want to do. And, like, the elders can really tell, like, Jonas's dad, when he was little, he always hung out with, like, the newborns and stuff. And, like, he always liked to go see the little kids. So the um, elders, they knew he wanted to be a nurturer, so it was, like, easier for him. But Jonas, he, like, does different things all the time. He's not, like, specific to one. So he doesn't know what he's going to do, and he's really scared. So. Yeah. Well, like, at the beginning of my book, they had to, like, do this test where they went in this room and got, like, things hooked up to their brains. And they, like, the people, like, they went inside and see all their saw their thoughts to see like which faction they were best suited for and i didn't understand that part because they didn't really explain like which like they didn't explain how that how it all tied in yeah Yeah. like some of these things are like i don't understand like how specific they are like i don't understand how people live their lives like that like they have like certain rules and apparently there's like different societies in this book like the main one is obviously like Jonas and like how they're gonna each age like has to go in December and like do their big ceremony thing but the Jonas's little sister um she's only seven and so she was at school and they were on the playground and another society came and like was there with them and the little kids were like all hanging out together and like she said that she got aggravated with one kid because he didn't know the rules and so the dad was talking about how like they grew up in different society and each society has different rules and we stay away from them so it was like it was weird to me how like there was different societies and they each had their specific set of rules that they followed all the time and it wasn't like it wasn't like us where we basically just we like live our lives how we want to i mean like yeah we have rules like we can't like just go and do whatever we want all the time but it's not just like specific like your life isn't like planned out for you yeah that's how my they like had specific ways to act and yeah colors to wear and um my my the main character tris which her real name is beatrice but when she went to her different faction she could change her name so mm-hmm. she changed it but like when she was doing that test like none of them came out to be like a specific faction for her so she was called divergent and that's how the book was called divergent well there you go that makes that makes way more sense than just like yeah and they said that's like dangerous like she can't Um, tell anyone so it's like i don't understand why it's dangerous though (laughs) that's kind of weird maybe they'll tell you later in the book is that it (laughs) i guess so Okay. Thanks for listening to the Dystopian Worlds podcast. This is Ava and Hannah. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us at Dystopian Worlds. Come back next week to hear more from more students.